The LA Clippers played in what was a too close for comfort kind of game on Wednesday night against the Toronto Raptors, but came out with a 126-120 win. On the day of Kawhi Leonard's extension, he had a big game against his former team, as did Paul George. A double-double for James Harden, never hurt anybody as well. Going to be talking about what made the game so interesting, or should I say difficult, and how the Clippers got the job done on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where a vlog of my experience at Wednesday night's game will be out on my YouTube channel and Locked On Clippers Free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Let me know what made the game so difficult, in your opinion. More difficult than it probably needed to be, given that the Raptors didn't have Pascal Siakam or Yaka Pertle, two of their starters. And also, who was your player of the game? And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's talk about this one. Clippers winning 126 to 120. They have now won six of their last seven games, 21 of their last. 27. Actually, I think it might be seven of our last eight. Yeah, it is. Seven of our last eight games, 21 of our last 27, and now our 24 and 13 on the year. We have won two games in a row after that loss to the Lakers. And have a 16-4 and home record. I absolutely love that. Some some absolutely great numbers on that one. Talk about great numbers. How about the starting lineup for the Clippers? Harden, Paul, George, Kawhi Leonard, Ivica Zubats, Terrence Mann. 15.9 plus 15.9 net rating as a starting five or as a lineup. But this game, let's talk about it, right? Toronto Raptors recently made a trade, brought in R.J. Barrett, brought in Emmanuel Quickly, added some youth to this team. Emmanuel Quickly being a quick young guard, no pun intended there, but a quick young guard that they can run pick and rolls with. And you know what? With Jakob Pertl, I think it definitely looks better. They were starting Thaddeus Young at the five these two games in L.A. And you know what? I didn't even know Thaddeus Young was still capable of looking decent in NBA minutes, but he actually did. In this game, he had eight points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. And I thought it was interesting the way the Raptors were blitzing Paul George and Harden. At times, drop coverage on Kawhi. And then later in the game, they were just doubling Kawhi behind the three-point line even. So they were trying to make other guys hit shots. And the first quarter, Terrence Mann scoring seven points. That set a tone. 
I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this game overall. You love to see Terrence back looking like his confident self on offense. I think defensively, he and others struggled with Emmanuel quickly off the bounce. Also, Dennis Schroeder, always been really quick off the bounce. Even though he's older now, he still is not easy to stay in front of. And I thought Terrence got beaten a couple times by Emmanuel quickly. But overall, what you have to respect about Terrence is he is guarding the elite players every single night, giving Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, even though they're not really getting a break, they're still, after the Harden trade, having to guard better players as well. But they're giving them, he, he's giving them less responsibility as opposed to when the big four were playing together that were starting together, that was tough. So Terrence, five for five in this game, 13 points. Had a beautiful lot pass to Amir Coffey at one point. Had two rebounds and an assist. He only played 24 minutes, but he shot five for five from the field and three for three from deep. So guess what? That percentage is going up. I'm thinking we're going to be at 28% by the next time I do an episode. And by the way, I want to address this. Kawhi Leonard did get an extension. I mentioned that at the top of the show, but I'm going to get into it in depth and what it means on Friday's episode. So I'm not even going to mention it much, even though it's very big news, probably bigger, actually definitely bigger than just this one game, but that deserves an episode in itself. So we'll have that for Friday, but yeah, the Raptors had a lack of rim protection. You know, they had guys like Chris Boucher getting some minutes, but no one really, that Jonte Porter guy, you know, it's his first season. Oh, wait. That's Michael Porter's brother. I saw him. That's so funny. I saw him playing at Pepperdine with MPJ after a game because MPJ's younger brother, Javon Porter, goes to Pepperdine, and I'm a backup PA announcer for them. But, yeah, that's so funny. I actually thought he had a really interesting game defensively. He switched on to – it's funny because he plays center – and he's listed, oh no, he's 6'10", okay. Because he does look tall. But he was switching on to James Harden at times. And he did a really good job staying in front and causing some possessions that James was just dribbling and not really going anywhere. So I got to give him props for that. The Raptors switched a lot throughout the game. A lot of switching one through four. At times, in the second half, even switching one through five. And I thought we needed to do a better job of going to zoo when guys like R.J. Barrett were guarding him. There was one time where we gave it to him in the second half, and he had a nice jump hook with his left hand. But when teams switch one through five, and we have Zoo playing at such a high level, we need to look to feed him for an easy basket. Sometimes James Harden, Paul George, or Kawhi going one-on-one isn't a better matchup. I know that sounds crazy, but I think there are instances with Zubats being guarded by a much smaller guy really close to the basket where we can feed him. So... I thought that was something the Clippers didn't do enough. You also saw a lot of zone from the Toronto Raptors. And I don't think the Clippers did a a fantastic job combating it. Now, I know what you might be thinking. How can you be talking this much about offense when the Clippers still scored 126 points? Well, the reason why is because I feel as though misses led to... And even though you know the Clippers shot 53% in this game and 44% from three and 100% from the line, their shooting splits were really, really good. But 
I thought the possessions in which we didn't score, some of it was just bad process of not swinging the ball quickly enough, passing up open shots in the zone. And as I was mentioning, the Raptors were running zone, and I thought there were times where nobody filled in the high post, and we were just moving the ball, or not even just moving the, moving the ball around on the perimeter, or just running straight man-to-man type offense where we'd have a screen for Harden again the paint. And I think sometimes we did get good shots at, with that, like Paul George at one point, I remember Zubat set a screen for Harden. Harden got into the paint, kicked it out to Paul George for the three. With uh, The Raptors looked like they were going zone there. And PG hit the three. But overall, I didn't really love our zone offense, personally. Clippers threw some zone in there. And, and you know, the Raptors, they aren't a very good three-point shooting team. They were definitely worse before the trade. But you know that's one of their weaknesses. And I thought the Clippers switching was pretty good. There was no defensive liability. And right now for the Clippers, they've done a good job of holding their own as a team. Like, nobody's getting really picked on. James Harden, Norman Powell, they've all stood up to the task. But I thought the Clippers overall, the reason why they struggled was the transition game. I think Toronto made it a point to get up and down the court. They're a fairly young. They're a younger team now. Not to say OG Ananobi's like old or anything, but getting Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, guys that are under 25, they can get up and down the court. And I thought Emmanuel quickly, Dennis Schroeder were causing some problems for the Clippers. And Gary Trent, I don't think we were picking him up quickly enough on the break. Like just letting him walk in at threes at times. He had five made shots in the game, two threes, 12 points off the bench. But what brought us home eventually was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Kawhi Leonard was great throughout the game. He was awesome in the second quarter, especially just getting to his bag. Nobody really could guard him one-on-one. McDaniels had his try. R.J. Barrett, who has given Kawhi some problems in the past, couldn't guard him really. And then Scotty Barnes took a crack. A screen would get involved, and Kawhi would be able to get a good shot. They started just double-teaming him, straight double-teaming him beyond the three-point line. Same with James Harden at times coming off screens. And I think James, he still made his fair share of decent passes, but I don't think it was as strong of a game for him as the last one, of course. But Paul George, he was missing everything, and there were some bad misses in the first half, and he only had four points at halftime. Second half, podcast P continued where he had left off the last couple of games, and he did it on both ends. I thought there were times where he was a little bit lazy getting back in transition, but overall doing a good job at the point of attack, good help defense, active hands. And there was one time in the first half he knocked the ball off Quickly's leg, got a block. He was everywhere. And in the second half, he had 25 points, a bunch of catch-and-shoot threes. He was 5 for 8 from 3 in the second half alone, and he shot 67% in the second half on 10 for 15 shooting. And I love the way Kawhi closed the game. He was double-teamed at the top of the key, turned the corner on Dennis Schroeder, and went all the way for a dunk, which was, I love the intention there, the authority. And then drew multiple defenders, kicked it out to Paul George for a wide-open three. That put the Clippers up 124-118, to 118, and that was all she wrote. So it was a weird game. Moral of the story is you got to win these weird games where, look, the Raptors are shorthanded. You have kept them in the game. You are you know, giving them life at the end and not getting stops and having some clunky offensive possessions. But you got the job done, and it was a huge game from your best two players, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Coming up, going to be talking more about the way that they played specifically, what worked so well for them, and of course, just evaluating the performance of the team and the players overall. Going to be talking about that 
coming up. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And here's how it works. All you got to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season and football season going on simultaneously, you can now pick combo projections across sports from the Specials League, a a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So you can take Kawhi Leonard more points and then Cooper Cup with receptions. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Just go to prizepix.com slash locked on and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Clippers winning this one, 126 to 100 moving on to 24 and 13 on the season and 16 and 4 at home now this game was annoying for me to go to it was my 16th game of the season the traffic going to this game look the la- there was there were a couple of games during like when kids had winter break these past couple of weeks during the holiday season where the traffic was on even on weekdays weeknights as good as you'll ever get it in los angeles going to a game in downtown but this Wednesday night, January 10th, 2024, the traffic was horrific. Usually it takes me about an hour and 10 minutes to get to Staples Center with traffic. It took me two hours on Wednesday night. I got in and it was already 12 to 8. So I missed the, you know, the initial matchups and stuff like that. But both teams switched 1 through 4. The Raptors were even switching 1 through 5, as I mentioned earlier. So a lot of people guarding a lot of people. And the Clippers just have more talent. It was just interesting how we really struggled in transition against them. And you got to give them credit. I mean, Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, they've been playing really well as Raptors so far in this game. R.J. Barrett had 24 points. He had he was 4 for 6 from 3. This is a guy that's never been a very good 3-point shooter. And he was just making his shots. That's in the scheme. You know what I mean? Like the Raptors shot 55% from the field and 40 from 3 and 89% from the line. So they shot really well. But the Gary Trent 3s is leaving him open in transition. That was poor. I think we need to have better awareness getting back on D. I thought James Harden as well. He had some good hands. Moments of good hands defensively. But there were times where he got beat just a little easily. Overall, I'd say... Okay, defensive game for him. Not bad or anything. Kawhi Leonard, I thought he had some good defense as well. Help side and protecting the back line when Zubats was pulled out of the paint. Because on Emmanuel quickly, towards the end of the game, we had Zubats blitzing because we didn't want Emmanuel quickly just dribbling into those pick and pop. I'm sorry, those pick and roll threes. And there was one moment where Kawhi took away the, the roller and the roller tried to make it pass to Scotty Barnes in the corner, and it went over his head. So that's all just Kawhi, 
you know, being aware, being ready to rotate and disrupting the offense for Toronto there. But if it's a Zubac, you know, I didn't really mention him too much, but he was solid again. A double-double, finishing around the basket, setting good screens, 12 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block on 6-for-8 shooting. He did turn the ball over two times, though, but overall, he continues to play at such a high level. He's one of the best top 15 centers in the league, in my opinion. I know there's bias there for sure. I'm not watching every single team like I am the Clippers, but you'd be hard-pressed to find 15 better centers than him. And if, you, if you're saying James Harden helped him, you're absolutely right. But I'll tell you this too. As good as James Harden is in the pick and roll, there are a lot of good pick and roll players as well in the league. And Ivica Zubas just has never played with a great pick and roll player until now. So James Harden, thank you for letting everybody see how much better Ivica Zubas is than they think. But yeah, Terrence Mann, Ivica Zubats, those two starters outside of 2-1-3, I thought were fantastic. Russell Westbrook, you know, he came in in the first quarter and he was getting downhill and getting to the rim at will. And I've talked about this on the show and I talked about it when he was a Laker. He still gets to the rim, but a lot of times because they're backing up, he's not fully getting around them. And it's, you know, he's missing even more around the basket than ever before. And I always thought he did go so fast, he'd smoke some layups here and there. Like, he wasn't the best finisher percentage-wise, but he was so explosive that it didn't really even matter. But this one, it was a mixture of he wasn't finishing, he was going a little too fast, and I thought playing into Toronto's hands just a little bit because they wanted to play a little faster. Clippers are not as much of a pace team now that Westbrook has gotten his role so reduced they don't have Bones Highland in the rotation and Mason Plumley. They're more of a half-court team that suits Harden and Kawhi. Paul George, Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, they can get out and run. But everybody else, I think, they want to play at this kind of pace. Now, in that pace, the slower pace, I think, was helping the Clippers. I think this new Toronto team is going for a more youthful approach, pushing the ball with quick guards as like Dennis Schroeder and Emmanuel Quickly. And R.J. Barrett, I think, is a lot better in transition than in the half court. He's still not a great one-on-one creator. So getting him getting downhill in transition action that's going to benefit him the most, and that's what I think Toronto is trying to do. Now, as far as Westbrook, I was going to say it's a, it was a mixture of him just going too fast and missing around the basket and playing to their hands, but also the refs, they don't give Paul George and Westbrook anything. Like, it's wild. Like, it really is wild. I don't know if he's going so fast they can't see. I don't know if they just don't respect him anymore, but he just doesn't get calls frequently enough. The fact that he had what zero free throw attempts in this game that's ridiculous in my opinion no yeah he did zero free throw attempts if it's a Zubats had zero free throw attempts Paul George had zero free throw attempts the only player on our team that got more than two free throws was Kawhi Leonard and I know I knew that the Raptors were going to end up shooting more free throws and getting more calls with Darko Ryakovich's rant he had against the Lakers and you know what he had every right to make that because the calls were a little fishy but yeah Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Let's just talk about Kawhi. On his extension day, he was efficient throughout the game. He was making threes. He only shot four of them, but he made two of them. He was 10 for 18 from the field, so another extremely efficient game, shooting over 50%. And even though it wasn't his most 
active defensive game. Like, there weren't that many times where I said good defense Kawhi. There weren't many times where I said good defense any particular player in this one. We just weren't getting enough stops. And I think that was a mixture of maybe a little bit lazy defending. It wasn't as high effort, I think, as most games. And I don't mean in terms of, like, body movement. I think in terms of communication and just lack of focus at times, not lack of effort. A little bit of an underestimation, I think, as well, of this new-look Toronto team because they were missing Pascal and they weren't a back-to-back. Credit to them. They really made things tough. They didn't make it at walk in the park. And even though the Clippers outscored them 35-28 in the fourth quarter, it was the Raptors that felt like they were going to come back and potentially tie the game. They cut it down to three, and that's when PG had that huge dagger to put us up 124-118. to But yeah, Kawhi Leonard with 29 points. Three rebounds, seven assists. He really had seven assists. Wow. Didn't feel like that. But he was making some good passes. One steal and two blocks. As I said, 10 for 18 shooting and two for four from three. And then Paul George. I love the resilience and the persistence to put up shots and still be aggressive even though he was not hitting in the first half. And he also got some good looks courtesy of guys like Kawhi Leonard, like James Harden. But I liked how aggressive he was and... The beauty of Paul George, he can do it. In, he can score in so many different types of ways. Coming off screens for quick hitters, you can throw it to him in the mid post. He can face up. He can score in transition. I mean, the guy is a pleasure to watch when he's got it going. And to be honest, I want to say ninety percent of the games this season, he's brought the right attitude and approach. So for us fans that have complained that he's been inconsistent in past seasons, for a star, not just for any player, for a star, of course, he's been even better this season. He really has. And I think with Kawhi, since he's come back, especially, he's been back to playing defense how he was the first 15 games or so. So Paul George, mainly the first like five or six games or so defensively. Uh, you know what? No, I'd say the first 20. Paul George has had a good defensive season. He just had his he just has more bad defensive games than Kawhi. Kawhi doesn't really have any bad defensive games like that. But yeah, Paul George in this one, 29 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 1 block on 12 for 22 shooting, 5 for 9 from 3. As I mentioned, no free throw attempts, which I don't like that stat. But he was when he's, when he's knocking down his 3, it's not a big deal. And he's been hitting his 3 the last couple of games. But yeah, I'm surprised the Clippers had 34 assists. Didn't feel like that. But anyway, coming up, going to be talking more about the starting five, but also some of the bench players, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Let's talk about everyone else coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my mom or dad or one of my siblings, well, I only have one sister, uh, or my sister got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. 
Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, to close out the show, the Clippers win at 126-120. to 120. The starting lineup has been fantastic. It still continues to do their thing. Now you have Terrence Mann knocking down shots, which is great. You have the threat of James Harden and Zubats in the pick and roll with those three on the wings, Kawhi, Paul George, Terrence Mann. And then, of course, you know, it's not just the starting five, it's the closing five. That's big time. And let's talk about Norman Powell in this game against his former team. Started out a little bit cold, to be exact. In the first half, Norman Powell, let me get those up real quick. Before I talk about Norman Powell, actually, Daniel Tice. He only had four points and four rebounds on one for two shooting in 16 minutes, but I thought Tice was really good in his minutes. You know, doing a solid job protecting the rim. They were blitzing Paul George and Harden, as I mentioned earlier, and he was doing a pretty good job of making Region the short roll. And I just think his effort is always good. Like, it really always is. I think he got an offensive rebound. Yeah, he got two offensive rebounds. So just doing the right things, playing hard, taking hits to the chest, and trying to make himself as big as possible. So in the nine-man Clipper rotation, I thought, I do, I thought, and I think Daniel Tice continues to do a very solid job. Now Norman Powell, as I was mentioning earlier, he was one for six in the first half, but in the second half. He was three for five, and he hit two big threes. Again, that Norman Powell, Kawhi, Paul, Harden, Zoo lineup continues to be really hard to guard. You've got three, actually four, really good shooters, and then Zoo, three guys that can play make, and then all four of them can attack closeouts and make things happen, put the ball on the floor when they run off the line. So just a lethal lineup that is. James Harden, I thought in this game he was okay. You know, it's funny. There are games where he doesn't shoot well, and I say he still plays really well because of all the stuff he creates. I looked at the Jumbotron, and he had 11 assists, and I was like, really? It feels like he has seven or eight. So when I went home, I watched the assists on NBA.com where they can show the stats, the video box score. And some of these, it's not just James Harden, by the way. I'm not trying to take a dig on him because it's just statistical around the NBA. Some of the assists that he was given was so generous, like throwing the ball to Zubots and he's taking three dribbles and going up for a jump hook. That's not me just making something up. That actually was the case. Or throwing it to Kawhi, he's taking three dribbles and hitting a fall away with a guy's hand in his face. Like five of them were basically the player making a, a shot, a tough shot or a contested shot. And Harden just was the one that passed in the ball. But there were still some really nice passes that Harden made. Some of which he doesn't even get the initial assist. Like, for example, the one long bounce pass that led to Terrence Mann lobbing it to Amir Coffey. Then there was the lob he had to Paul George for the rare Paul George back cut. Only his second of the season I can think of. Uh, by the way, Paul George, a monster dunk uh, when he pushed Tennis Schroeder off a little bit. That was in the third quarter, and he started out by hitting two threes right away right before that monster dunk. So you saw that PG was starting to heat up right there. But yeah, that was a good pass by James Harden on that one. And then Russell Westbrook, he had some decent passes as well. That was that one where he faked like he was going to shoot just by looking at the basket, and he rifled it to PG. Had like the left elbow for the jump shot. That was in the second half, but 
Russ, he just had a rough one with the refs not giving him any calls and just going a little too fast. He had six points and three assists. No rebounds. That's super rare. No turnovers on three for nine shooting, 0 for one from three. No free throw attempts in 14 minutes. Uh, Russ has been really efficient lately, so... You know, only 33% in this one. A little disappointing, but it is what it is. Clippers still won. I ain't complaining. Uh, He got the least amount of minutes, actually, of all nine. Man, it really went away from him because he wasn't playing that well. Amir Coffey, solid outing for him. Again, six points, one rebound, one assist, and a steal. Fairly quiet defensively, though, in my opinion. Three for five from the field. So he was three for three from two. Oh for two from three in 18 minutes. And Norm. 13 points overall, three rebounds, one assist, no turnovers. I like that the Clippers were low turnover in this game. Just seven overall for the whole team. But the Raptors were kind of, oh no, the Raptors had 15 turnovers. So that's definitely one of the reasons the Clippers won. Created some shot clock violations as well, or at least one I remember. But I still wouldn't. The Clippers, I'm not bragging about their defense at all in this game. They've actually got to tighten that up a bit. It's been a little shaky lately. James Harden in this game, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, and a steal. I thought he had, it felt like he had more than one steal. He had some good moments of good hands. Um, But not the most efficient game from him. I just thought the process on some of the possessions was was too slow. Like just him dribbling for too much and uh, some really good one-on-one defense by Jante Porter. And I don't think it was just Harden that was over dribbling at times. Kawhi sometimes was putting it on the floor a little too much. But overall, offensively, I'm not going to complain too much either because 126 points, Kawhi was still efficient, Paul George was efficient, and we got good shots all game long. We shot 53% from the field and 44 from three. But again, we are playing against the Toronto Raptors team that doesn't have two starters. So I don't think we played that great, but the thing is you've got to win the games that you don't play great in. And let me see, if I miss, am I missing anyone? I think I got everybody's stats, yeah. So if I had to rank it, I'd say my player of the game was Kawhi. I think he just had the authority from start to finish of it against his former team. Then Paul George, then Zoo, then James, then Terrence. I know Terrence Mann's stat line looks better for what he is, but James Harden is still the conductor of what we're doing right now. He's still creating good shots for people. And yeah, he found guys in the pocket, found guys in the right spots. Um, even though I, I did say that he got some generous assists, which he did, but I think he, he's on the court. He's part of this team. He's still helping the team win games. And, you know, he just had a fantastic game where he shot 75% from the field and 75 from three. And that's the beauty of this team. And what a lot of people have been saying about Harden going into this playoffs for the first time, all the skeptics. Um, and I, that I, you can argue, say I'm one of them because that was something I kept saying before that we got James Harden was in the playoffs. Is he going to perform? Is he going to? be big in the big moments. Well, he can shoot five for 13 with this team and it's not a big deal because he's got Paul George and Kawhi. He is the third score, which is what they were looking for in Brooklyn. So this is the perfect role for James Harden at this stage of his career where he can pick and choose his spots to be aggressive more. And even if he doesn't have it scoring wise, as long as he's creating good shots and still playing with effort defensively, then he's still going to be a net positive all the time for the Clips. So that's what I have to say. And the stats with that starting five absolutely reflect that. I'm very happy that Terrence Mann is shooting the way he is. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing at a very high level. Again, Kawhi Leonard only missed four games this season out of 37. The guy's already played 33 games. And then Paul George has played 35 
games, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook haven't missed a game. And the crazy part is I've mentioned it every episode. So this whole, you can't say that jinx stuff this year. I'm saying it every episode. Last year I didn't try to say anything. I'm saying it every episode, and the good times are just rolling like right now. I'm just going to keep knocking on this door. I'm knocking on that wood. You should be knocking on it, banging on it, doing whatever you need to do. Clippers win it, 126-120. to 120. 21 out of their last 27 games have been victories. Let the good times roll as we approach the halfway point. And on Friday's episode, we're going to be talking about all things Kawhi's extension. Pros, cons, what I first thought, what I thought after a couple hours of rethinking about it and hearing all the terms. Everything coming on Friday. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where you can find a video post-game or video of my experience at the game. The attendance numbers aren't out yet, but I don't think we sold this one out. A lot of empty seats in the 300 section. Um, and it's it's a shame because we had, I think, seven consecutive sellouts. But uh, I guess the Toronto Raptors on a Wednesday night didn't entice the crowd. People should be getting to these games. The Clippers are playing at such a high level, and their stars are playing every night. The process is so different, as I mentioned in the last episode. The seriousness. And every single game we win, it's not about the playoffs and the long haul. It's just taking it one game at a time, trying to stack wins and get as high as we can get in the standings and play the best that we can and be the best version of us. Not, oh, nobody wants to see us in the playoffs or as long as we're healthy in the playoffs, that's all that matters. None of that. Let me know what you think of the episode. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video, who is your player of the game and why was the game so tough? The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.